When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone is having a great month of February. Here we are into the latter part of the third week. It's hard to believe how quick this month has gone. We hope everybody's Q1 is off to a great start. And again, if you have any questions in regards to where you're at in your business, your personal success in terms of executing systems to reach your goals, reach out to us again at chris at christophersalem.com or at Sustainable Success Coaching and Consulting at Chris at sustainablesuccess.net. Today's show is being brought to you today by Achieve Systems. And Achieve Systems is a a business networking group with a health and wellness component dedicated to bringing business professionals with an emphasis in health and wellness from around the country. They meet uh, a few times a year in Denver, Colorado, where their events are off the chart. And their their next event is going to be June 9th and the 10th. It's called Achieve Biz Conferences. And you can find out more information how to register about this great group called, again, Chief Biz Masters, B-I-Z conferences.com. And again, this uh, event will be taking place over two days. And I'm looking forward to being there myself. I'm going to be doing the keynote amongst other great speakers that will be there. We hope that you can join them and find out more information about Biz Explosion Conferences through Achieve systems. And there, and if you like any more information, you could also reach out to us here as well. We'd be more than happy to provide that information for you. Well, we got a great show for you today. And I cannot wait to talk about this topic because this is such an important topic, especially after what we went through over the last few years with COVID and how it impacted so many of us in business and on a personal level. But we're going to really learn about the power of pivoting. Then we're going to be talking about the pivot catalyst. And we are fortunate to be here today with Lori Michelle Levitt. She is the Pivot Catalyst, and she has coached and consulted and trained hundreds of leaders around the world to achieve their objectives and generate momentum. She speaks globally on catalyzing momentum, leading, pivoting, and workplace culture change. Lori is the founder and president of a Bridge or a Bridge Corp, which offers the Align Momentum, which is an acronym, a leadership operating system to help managers lead better. She also leads the global 10X business and leadership peer groups. Her books are part of orchestrating extraordinary momentum, the pivot series, and Lori and her book guide leaders in generating a ripple of positive influence through their organizations and beyond. And without further ado, we welcome Lori Michelle Levitt to the show. Lori, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. I'm doing great. Awesome. We are so happy to have you here and I, I love this topic, you know, the pivot catalyst. And can we talk a little bit about maybe your background, your backstory when it comes to really dedicating your 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 experience and level of expertise into this particular area for business leaders, professionals, and organizations overall? Sure. Uh, so how pivot catalyst came about, I think is what you're asking. I mean, throughout my career, I have been, I guess what you would say, decision support. So I was the person who would go out to work with all the different divisions, understand what's happening, what's going wrong, um, help set strategy, help set the budgets, which are different than strategy, 
and, and really then helped leadership, which eventually also included me, to make the best decisions based on what was and what we wanted for the future. So that's what I did. And usually when those decisions are significant enough, that is a, quote, transformation, which is a pivot. And so really, as I was looking back at um, everything that I had done in my life, I realized that I had been catalyzing pivots for myself and for other leaders through throughout my career. And one thing that is really important to know about a pivot is that the, the awareness that one needs to pivot is not fast. Mm. The decision to pivot is fast. That's what we hear about. But And then the realization of that pivot, that significant transformation, especially if the business is more, it's not just you, is not fast. Yeah. And so we as leaders, there are a lot of things that we have to do. Um, consistency and being aware of ourselves and all of the things that go into what I would say orchestrating a pivot and orchestrating, uh, continuing to orchestrate momentum. And so that is what what I help with. It's a process. When I hear what you say, it's a process. And it's not like, you know, the results that you seek, they don't happen immediately. It's not instant gratification. And and, and if, if you're looking for significant change, like what you're saying, we have to be able to commit to, we have to pivot to commit to something we haven't done in order for, and you, like you said, p- being consistent at something to see if that pivot is taking us down the right path to that change. And then right. ultimately to the results that we're seeking to have from it. Exactly. And it's not a project mm-hmm. and it's not, it may include initiatives, it may include projects, but this orchestration is a continuous, it's something that is part of the leader's role. And I'm not talking about commanding when I say orchestration, it's saying you with your more global view are are helping others and creating that culture where these many shifts by many people just become natural within the organization. So it requires safety and empowerment and and more nimble decision making and, and all of these things that there are there are steps you can take as a leader and continuous processes that you could take as a leader in your role to to make sure that you're always in that state. And that's where aligned momentum comes from. That state of where alignment and momentum are together. Mm, love that. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes I, I, when you just said that, Lori, it, it kind of reminds me, it, it, you know, some people might say that that's balance, but I, I, I like to call it harmony because it's never going to be perfect. It's because there, you know, there's going to be alignment, but doesn't mean that it's like, ah, like perfect, but it's, it's, it's harmonious. It's working in harmony with one another. And for me, do, do you feel like, like that, like, does that move us forward? Like, you know, more, more likely to move forward rather than getting caught up in trying to make it perfect and and you know and and that just stalls the progress especially when you have you know more than one person or people involved or again i work with mostly leaders or forcing it yeah having exactly. having some objective and saying well now i'm going to express this objective to everyone and if everybody's nodding their heads now we're aligned that's 
that's not alignment. Guess what? That's not alignment. In order to really get this where where others are saying, oh, now I get the direction we're headed. I know the role that I'm in. This is what's won. This is what is what's desired. So here's how it would change. And I'm empowered to make that change. To get to that point, you have to have alignment, not just from the strategy to a role, but from the role from what a person does. And the senior leadership team, who is typically the ones that are setting strategy, don't really know what's done or what's best to do in the role. Yeah. Let's talk about that because, you know, that's another thing sometimes because when you think about a role, like, you know, you look at a job description when, you know, and then that job description will say, okay, these are the responsibilities of what you do. And here's the type of experience we're looking for. And here's, you know, this type of, but they don't talk about some of the stuff like what you just said. Is that, would you find that that is something that maybe organizations should be looking to incorporate and spell that out more clearly for, so leaders at whatever level they are have a better understanding so that way they can communicate more effectively, you know, in terms of how they lead their their teams and staff? Yes. And I actually created a software recently for this. And it's something that I do is I create software. Sure. I don't code. I, I develop it. And I've been very successful in doing that in the past. And one of the things that I see is that we, we and I'm saying leaders, we expect people, anybody in a role, you said leaders throughout the organization, we expect managers, even the person at the top is managing others. Anyone who influences others is usually deemed a manager of some sort or is leading them, that we expect them to lead better, and yet we only give them tools to manage work. This is where the projects and the initiatives and all of these things come up. And so... What I believe is that most managers are not bad people. I mean, we have so much fun talking about how people leave their managers and they're bad managers. And I find that so many people really aren't. They don't get up in the morning and say, I'm going to go in and, you know, be really awful. That's, it, it's just the, the roles and how we create the expectations in the organization and the, the expectation of management. I mean, you and I grew up in management, right? That's, those, are the, those are the skills we learn, decision-making as in management and measurement in management. And all of these things are good to do, and yet we need to make room and we need to bolster up leadership, and so the software that I created helps weave leadership into a manager's role. Wow, that's fabulous. Because like you said, you know, leadership is, is it, it's a state of being. It's not like a, a title. You know, the manager might have a title. I'm a manager, a director, whatever it is. But it's the, it's the it, that, that leadership is reflected in so many aspects of what that manager does, how they communicate, how they behave, how the, their attitude how they respond versus react from, emo- you know, uh, uh, maybe, you know, whatever emotion, you know, of course, a positive emotion, hopefully not that it's, they're going to respond or react out of a negative emotion and the action they take. So I love that. The software, is this something that, that you apply? Is it customized to that situation or something that could apply, you know, to any situation? 
One is when you're bringing something, some technology in, it needs to be um, intuitive. It's not, it's not going to be successful if you're fitting someone into a new box. This doesn't have to be yeah. new, but it's a shift. It's this, all this part of orchestrating change. And so it looks a lot like performance management tools do, except that they don't need to throw out their management tools. They're tracking OKRs or KPIs or whatever, whatever management they, they use to track those initiatives and track those projects still do that. But then bring in a intentional means for assessing what is it like to work there? Do we have a vibrant organization? Do we have alignment? These, um, you know, they used to be called soft skills and there's different terms for them, right? Or I think um, someone said that, that the uh, soft skills are really hard, you know, the hard skills, but anything that's, that's not practical to measure, which is another reason why we don't do it. We're not already collecting it in our accounting systems or our, or our salary systems or our sales systems. And yet there are systems, and I've created one, where you can capture what is it like to work in that culture. And you can create that, Go ahead, Lori. that empowerment that you seek. It also strengthens the alignment so it allows strategy to be broadcast out and yet then give those closer to the work the opportunity to say, okay, if you want this, this is how my team fits and this is how we would measure progress. Like that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And, and progress. And the thing about progress is, do you feel, Lori, because I mean, when we look at certain things like this with, with Pivot, you want to be able to measure like where you were and where you desire to be. In terms of measuring key performance indicators in this case, what do you feel like, you know, organizations are in that area? Do you feel like they're effective or they, they obviously would, may require more work to, to really show the progress or show why you should be doing this? One, I love that question because I'm a bit of a measurement expert. So you can imagine my um, angst over, do I include measurement in what I'm sending out into the world now? And I actually chose to not include it because I think measurement can, can somehow shadow what needs to be done in times, measurement systems. And why I say that is because, oh, I used to train people on balance scorecard, for example, and they'd spend thousands of dollars to learn how to do this in a balanced way, and that they'd go back into their offices, and the only way they could gather the information that they need to measure was from accounting systems and sales systems or whatever else they captured. And so they were fitting themselves into those measures, which aren't really what they intended to measure in the first place. They were just back to that regurgitating in a different, in a pretty picture, results that they already had that were too late in financial statements. And so I just felt that we needed to back up and and be focusing on people more than the measurement. Do you okay. still need to 
commit and think about what you're going to do and say, how will I measure progress and check in with that? Yes. But in my mind, don't automate it yet. And that that was a tough step for me to take. But I really think that we're not going to make the shift unless we allow ourselves to do it this way. No, I agree because I might put people on the spot and and they might be apprehensive or you know reserved, so to speak. You know, give them the opportunity to, I guess, stretch themselves, come out of their comfort zone, be willing to maybe perhaps make a mistake and learn and grow from it, and then. Yeah, I can see your point for that, definitely. Well, let's still talk about it. Like, I still believe in dashboard colors. So you could get together and say, well, this is the objective. And, you know, have we done anything? Not what percentage complete we are, right? That's when you're working on the project or initiative. But at this level, say, hey, you know, is this this something that we're even going to pay attention to this quarter, to at this quarter? Because there's something else waiting for us to, to do next. And so how are we doing? Is it something we even, we need to revisit? So you're still talking about progress. What does success look like? How will we measure progress? Um, what will be hard? Who can help? You're still asking those questions. It's just, you're not trying to immediately go, yeah. okay, well, now I'm going to yep. put into a system to have you send this bar yeah. that says I'm 50% complete or I'm 80% complete because that's too narrow. Narrow, yeah. Well, I know I would love – we're going to expand on this. We have to go to break right now, everybody. But when we come right back, Lori is going to expand on where she left off there. This is some great information. We encourage everybody to be taking notes, especially you business managers and leaders out there, and share this show after with others. And we'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Uh, If you're just joining us here, we're talking about from the Pivot Catalyst, 
with Lori Michelle uh, Levitt. We're, we're talking about the idea of how we can pivot as business leaders in our businesses and organizations. And then again, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at the Voice American Influencer Channel. Also on our Apple station at Sustainable Success and on our Facebook page at Sustainable Success 2017. Well, Lori, you gave us you gave us some great information to get kind of established the foundation about pivoting and you know as a way to you know to move things forward and to help organizations transform in bigger and better ways. What would be like the process overall that you could share with us? And then specifically how you look at that process and why and what you do with the clients you work with. Okay. Uh, so one is when I work with a client, we always practice what we're going to do before we set a system around it. And so that would be my first, that would be my first tip. Um, don't go out and buy. I remember a long time ago when these big companies were buying data warehouses, but they hadn't even decided what kind of information they wanted. They just wanted to quote own their data. That's how it was sold to them. And they're spending millions of dollars. So what I'm what I'm asking your audience is to take a step back and say, what are we trying to do here? And then and then, you know, before you select a system, what are we trying to do here? So you, you're setting your strategy. You know where your organization needs to be different than how it is now. And, and maybe it's not just a strategic move. Maybe it's that we're not going to get to this point unless we do something different within our culture. So, so you decide where, where that is. It's one of the reasons I like the balanced scorecard because it forces you to ask those questions. If we want this result, what do we need to do with learning and innovation? What do we need to do about our internal processes? What do we need to do about our customer relationships? And it, mm. it forces you to go through that conversation. Uh, to give you... Um, what others might take steps on, I'll just, I'll just give you a, an example of a client we worked with. Now, this client didn't use the, the full system, but they used a lot of the uh, part of it, and they used a lot of the concepts from it. Their initial need was, we have toxic managers, and we need to fix it. Now, that's not very atypical. You, as a consultant, you walk into an organization, and they want you to fix it. And yet, you know, if it's going to live, whatever you come up with for them, if that's going to survive after you leave the engagement, then it needs to be done through them, which is more coaching right, than consulting. And so, you, you, so they wanted to address this, but my question would be, um, what is it about what is it about the managers that are toxic and what isn't happening or what do you want to have happen that would be different than what is happening now? I mean, just think about things like that, right? And, and they, the, the leader at the time, wanted a more collaborative organization. What they had was a bureaucratic organization. Mm. Now, if that's not a pivot... <laughs> I mean, that's a. That, that, that's a in fact, you're asking me. That's a huge pivot. That's a big. <laughs> that's a 
big shift yeah. and and a large organization to to weave this through. You don't just change out one manager and now all of a sudden transform yourself from a bureaucracy to collaborative. It runs deep. Uh, they had been working on this challenge for six years, and what we did with them made progress within six months. So this is why I'm sharing it um, with you. Wow. So what they did was, one, we knew that we had to find out what, how would they measure progress. If they wanted to shift from being bureaucratic, which included toxicity with, in managers, as least they perceived it, and and moving that to collaborative, you know, what would a, what would success look like? So these are just the questions I always go through. What do, what would success look like? So that you can get a feel of what will progress look like and why that's important is because everyone needs to be all in on what that progress is. Because there's going to be things that they don't like. Ooh, I don't like the new person who was put in the role. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. And you can revisit what the initial, say, three-month objectives were and and find out, did they shift? And it doesn't work unless everybody's all in. It gives it all in for at least three months. And then then see where you are. And let them know, we're going to check back in 90 days. And... If we've made progress on those, then we'll address this other stuff that you think is going wrong. But right now, we're going to give it give it our all. And that's how you keep momentum moving through this process. Wow. And what happens is you, people start seeing the change, but it also feels safe enough because it's not permanent. They know it can change again. It's not that's being commanded that you're going to you're going to be this way at the end, and it's never going to go back if it doesn't work. Um, so give it your all. And then we'll track progress, but in part you track progress through assessments of other people. Is this, you know, did this change? Did this change? Did this change? You know, what would you like to see? Um, asking questions in different ways. You know how to do, you know, assessments. And asking the questions is one of the skill sets we bring because, Asking good questions is very important to the progress and results you're going to see. So no, I can definitely see that. Now, do you, when in your pro process, when you're asking these questions, you're also teaching them how to do this as well, how to ask the right questions in, yes. in this process. God, it's great. Yes. Yes. And, and how to, how to create a rhythm through that, through assessments and then what to do next. So never get an assessment if you don't plan on taking action. Just don't do it because people are pretty quick to learn. All we're doing is being asked to do this and nothing good happens for us. Mm. So well, then what's going to happen when the next assessment comes along? So there's a, there are a lot of components. I mean, you don't just work with, quote, everybody else. We're also working with the senior leadership team. This is what you need to do. And we need your feedback. Like, are people still coming to you with their complaints? Or not. That's yeah. a good progress measure. Um, and then you just continue to reiterate that. While, and people will get that sense of, of um, momentum and that they are truly part of it. 
and I don't know, just fabulous. I mean, even breakthroughs happen. I mean, just fabulous things come from it. And yeah, so the break. I can see breakthroughs or a, a, a ha, aha moment, a breakthrough. When when you depending upon the size of the organization, even if it's small, mid size, large. I mean, large obviously you know could take some time. But do you see this in phases? Because I mean, it's not like you're going to do a whole organization all at once, right? It, it, it's got to be in phases of certain amount of people at a time, that type of thing. And then it's in phases and selective with respect to the people who are affected by what you're doing. Yeah. So you don't need to give an assessment. Um, for example, when I took large healthcare organizations through my initial software, which was on discovering and moving forward through the privacy security regulations. You don't, you didn't ask everyone, um, do we need a new privacy officer, right? Why? (laughs) Why would you ask everybody that? So, so knowing how an organization works and who to ask what questions of is also very important in this process. You don't want to send assessments that have 20 questions where the person who you're giving it to is confused by 15 of them. Mm. Yeah. And what do you see, like, in typically, you know, because you talked about this being a process and and sometimes with companies, depending upon how big they are, they're like, you know, well, we don't, you know, we only have a certain amount of time. How can you do this in a couple of months or less, you know? What do you what do you find on average? I mean, they, obviously the, the the organization has to commit to this process and this change. It, like you said, it doesn't happen overnight. Every person is different in terms of how they pivot and change, and some people get it sooner than later. So that has to all be built in. And and how how do you approach that in getting people to understand that so that they 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 don't go in with this. This this expectation that this is going to be instantaneously, you know, they're going to see changes immediately. Yeah, you're right. And you're going to have champions and detractors and you're going to have people that are like, Ugh, you know, I'll go along. I mean, you're going to have all, all of that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely, uh, the the tone at the top has to be all in. They, they have to be. And, and I'm 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 trying to be careful with my words because we're not all hierarchical. In this case, the organization was, but not everyone is. Really, anybody who influences others needs to be in. In this case, I already shared that they're toxic managers. Do you think they were all in? <laughs> no, they weren't all in. You know, how do you, how do you work around that? Um, yeah. And sometimes we can save people by Usually a toxic manager belongs on an achievement track and there's no achievement track. Yeah. There's only an advancement track and the incentives for advancement, which is what caused one of the things that caused bureaucracy is that position is the end all be all. And, and it's that kind of thing that the leadership has to be orchestrating differently as you go through this process. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Love that. And this is so, so important. And we, we do have, you know, organizations of all different sizes that listen to the show. And, and, and this is so important. And it's still early on right now in the year where I feel like when people are hearing this, you know, they, 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 they still have time that they could start making. Do you feel like when, when you are introducing this 
Is it more like you start with an awareness session, something that creates the awareness just to see, hey, are they are they going to really, if they're going to commit to this, you want to you want to make sure that there, you know there's there's some kind of evidence they're gonna they're gonna do this. They're not checking bo- a box off, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, well, well, certainly, I'm I'm <laughs> making sure that that those that are bringing me in are committed to to do their part. Yeah. Uh, but as I mentioned earlier, I'm usually brought in to fix something. Um, there are some leaders, and luckily I'm seeing more and more, that are of the mindset of, okay, I'm, I'm the new leader and I truly am going to focus on culture. Um, but many aren't necessarily having the courage mm. to do that right away. They just want to fix something where <laughs> momentum isn't happening. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome! Well, I know we got we got a uh, you know a little about three three and a half minutes to our for our next break. What would you like to share? Anything else that you feel would be vitally important to this process? What you just talked about, and you really gave some really in depth uh, information to this. Anything else that you could share that that you know the audience listening, those listening later can it could you know get a better grasp of this process. Okay, two things are coming to mind. One is, I mean, there's so many things I could respond to that with. But one is to work on your own curiosity. Mm. Work on um, just knowing that there's a lot that you don't know. And being being okay with that. Learning to be okay with it's going to be a little bit chaotic before it gets better. Just Just being prepared for that uncomfortable stuff that you, if you're a great manager, aren't comfortable with right now. Um, so curiosity is a huge one. If you can if you can learn a true curiosity, meaning when you're asking questions, you're not asking questions to see if they know what you know. You're asking questions from a state of they may not they may know something I don't know. And that will take you very, very far in starting to create safety within your organization. Because none of this is going to work if people don't feel safe to make the shifts in their roles and in what they do and how they show up um, in your organization. Yeah, when people feel safe, you know, they're they're less likely to hold back. And, you know, because that way they, you know, they're worried, they're not going to be worried about feeling incompetent or feel like they're not good enough. The imposter syndrome, they're, they're able to be vulnerable more and be open to change and open to getting better. And, and especially when that communication now is open and from the top down, bottom up and so on. So I, I love what you shared there in that, that particular area. Anything else you'd like to sum up here before we go to break? Anything well, you want to sum up with? Well, giving yourself a break that that takes time. I mean, I have worked with leaders. Another thing I do is I run leadership peer groups where it's a safe place for them to talk about any. And I've seen leaders transform from the command and control know-it-all to being where they actually felt better, like being more vulnerable. But it didn't come right away because everybody in the organization is so used to you being and needing to be, not just being, but they're perceiving that you need to be the go-to, that you need to be the know-it-all, 
that that doesn't just you don't just say okay now come to me and be open and expect them to do it tomorrow <laughs> it's it it takes time you have to just continuously um show up and be in a in a different way to make this stick wow i love it well i know you have you're going to have more to share here in the third last segment of the show We're going to have to be going to break again. If you're just joining us here during the second half of the Pivot Catalyst, we're here with Lori Michelle Levitt. Again, you can listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at Voice America. And again, we highly encourage you, please go back and listen to this show again. There are so many golden nuggets and share this with your peers, colleagues, and people above you or below. It does not matter. Great information. We'll be right back after the break. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Today's show is being brought to you today by also our other sponsor, Alumni Direct, a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to meet also new people for the first time. And again, this is a membership program, meaning that it takes all the noise out of social media, an opportunity to come in and share all types of information in a genuine, authentic way, and also be part of all the wide array of different services that will be available to you as a member. And these are things that would otherwise not be available to you for personal use and in your business. Check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, Laura, you've you've shared so much great information in the first, second segments of the show. Can we talk a little bit about this on a personal level? Because again, I think, you know, I know when anytime I personally pivoted somewhere in my life, whether it was in my career, my, 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 even with my well-being or my relationships, I had to go in and do this work from the inside out. I had to personally take ownership of that. Can you talk about that on like, what would be what would take place there and 
who's responsible and anything else you'd like to share in that particular area. Yeah, I would love to. In fact, great idea because we've just given a lot of information and what you believe and how you think is going to show up in in what you do next. And so your personal um, well-being and state through all of this is critical. Um, One of the things, one, well, my most recent book, Pivot to Clarity, kind of touches on that. And one One chapter specifically comes to mind, and it is in the section, I write my books in three sections. One is usually about the leader, the next one is usually about others, and the last one is more prescriptive, and pivot to clarity happens to be questions you can ask of people. Um, And in that second, I think it's chapter seven, and I give it away on the site Pivot to Clarity, or the pivot book, is on hope and fear. And why I bring that up is because it helps all of us to be aware of what fears hold us back. And some of you may be saying, you know, I'm an achiever, I have no fears, and I bet you do. I think the biggest one that I find in leaders is the fear of looking bad. So if you have not been curious before, and everybody's going to you as the go-to, or feeling that you need to be the center of everything, or you're the one that has all the answers... And perhaps you're going to feel uncomfortable in that I'm going to look bad if you say, I don't know. Uh, There are a lot of, um, there are, I think I I can't remember how many common fears I give, five of them that I've run across most often, but we all have fears that hold us back. And so that's an important aspect to look in your message, how you're intending to communicate to another person is not going to land in the way you intended if you're hitting up against one of their fears. So it helps you to understand and explore yourself first to have more empathy and understanding of what fears others may have that could block your message from landing. Have any of you, Chris, have you ever had a misunderstanding with someone? Of course. Yeah. Everybody has. And have you ever had a misunderstanding where you're probably still scratching your head? How on earth could they have misunderstood me? Yeah. Because I, yeah, because you, I've learned, I've learned over the years, we can't, I can't control what other people perceive what, um, what I've said, even if I was clear, specific, clear and concise, I can't control their response. And how many times does this even happen with a spouse who we think knows us really, really well? Or yeah. a parent. Yeah. I mean, and, and then we're expecting, we're expecting to come out of our strategic planning session or whatever meeting we've had, or we spent all this time on with some idea and go to someone and say it and think it's going to land perfectly how we intended. No, it doesn't. And so I've worked with a number of leaders who just, um, one, one of my messages with respect to that is to at minimum, To reduce the amount of fear in another person, at minimum in business, get to the point first. Get to your point first because no matter whom you're talking to, they are going to assume what you mean until you get to the point. 
Yeah. And that's where what happens, off, right? The assumption and speculation, <laughs> the elephant in the room. <laughs> that's right. Because of how they've seen us, you know, they're, they're going to assume either what we mean by that because of what they would have meant by that or what we mean by that because how they perceive us to be or anything else. You know, there are a bunch of things that get in the way. It causes clutter. And then your message has no chance of landing because they've already decided what you're going to say. So just that's a really simple shift is to to learn to get to the point first. Then if it's a if it's a vision, then great, go into the story. If it's you're asking them to do something, then great. Then then ask them you know what to do. If you're inviting them to something, which you would think would be an honor to them. Let them know that first, because as you go through this long, um, whatever, invite, they, they, if you haven't gotten to point yet, they may get s- scared and feel that they're not a fit or that it's going to be bad. Usually, people will assume that whatever's going to happen is going to be bad. It's, we're human. That's what we do. Yeah. Oh, so true. Yeah. And, and, and when, when you talked about process earlier in the uh, show, this would be a process in, it, in itself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I still even, I mean, I'm not perfect either. I run into that. I started during the pandemic um, to, to, with an intention of having an even more cohesive team I shifted our weekly huddles to daily. And my intention was more of a, you know, more collaboration and just checking in with people even personally. But my very self-managed team felt that it was a hammer that I was asking them to report that they had done something that they hadn't done yet. Which wasn't my intent. Yes, it is about work. But but for me, I wasn't doing it just for work, and I certainly wasn't intending it to be a hammer. And and so those kind of things can happen. It took me a while because they didn't want to say, hey, I feel uncomfortable with this. And I was like, these aren't quite working the way I, <laughs> I meant them to, to work. And then I realized this is a self-managing team. They feel like they have to say something significant at every daily huddle and they're not going to have something significant to say at every daily huddle. So how do I change, you know, how do I shift this so that it works the way I intended? Well, just, just, that's just a simple, um, simple example. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, great point. I love that there. And when you, would it be, would it be safe to say when you share this, when, People are going to, you know, take responsibility personally. Again, we're not perfect, and sometimes we're going to fall off the wagon. Or, but is it important that we, we, that people that are serious about pivoting and changing, especially into something they've, they've, that's not familiar to them, it's not part of their routine. Would it be safe to say, like, they have to incorporate some, res- not only resiliency, but some form of discipline? To do it, even though they don't desire to do it, but knowing it's good for them, do it and be consistent that you talked about earlier before. Yeah. And and you started to say the word resistance and ah, the resistance. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, you have to have 
one of one of my words when I look for members for my leadership group I I run I look for three characteristics. Oh yes, do they have to be a leader? Yes, you know, usually a certain size organization or yes, do they fit it with the safety? But I look for three characteristics as the final decision. And one of those is tenacity. That they have what it takes to see something through to a worthy goal even if it's ridiculously hard. Mm-hmm. And if you've accepted the responsibility of a leader, you are going to go through times that are ridiculously hard. And usually self-discovery and finding out that people don't perceive us the way we hope that they perceive us is, is usually a bit unnerving. And we need to be prepared for that. Yeah. No, so true. I, I agree. So true. Wow. This is some great information. Anything else that you could share in regards to this process individually? Anything that could give people some more insight and even some what, what like even if it was just one thing to to make you know start this process moving along you know because I you know if you try to put everything on somebody all at once they're gonna be like oh my god too much but if it's like just one thing would it just be starting with one thing to change or that type of <laughs> yeah. thing and I love that you're bringing it up that way because I I write a newsletter a weekly newsletter and I call it a best next step. And I conclude it with the one thing that they could do next. Because, Chris, I completely agree with you. It's so important to not have tons and tons of priorities. Right? You have tons and tons of things you have to do, but you're not going to have tons and tons of priorities each day. Yeah, You have to make some best steps. And I'll tell you, your team needs those quick wins. Yeah. They, they, they want to you know, achieve these little things along the way. So I can't tell you what those best necks will be, but I can absolutely say you're right on, Chris, and that when when a, a leader or anyone, anyone, like a CEO of your own life, right, you're looking at what you want to have changed or somewhere you want to be and you don't see how you're going to get from here to there, is to say, well, what step could be best for me to take next? Wow. That's awesome. I love it. Love what you just shared there. Well, this is some great information. I know we're getting near near the end of the show. And and I I mean, I'm just blown away. And I know you offer so many different things for this, you know, with what you do with organizations and business leaders and such. What are some things that you can you if you could share with the audience like where where some th- you know best place to get in contact with you maybe perhaps maybe you're going to be someplace where they might want to come out and see you if you're speaking that type of thing well one i'm on a lot of podcasts like this so if you search for my my name and most of the podcast hosts say the pivot catalyst so if you search for that um you'll you'll find me and you'll find where i am I am relatively active on LinkedIn. I'm not that active on other social platforms. My main site is under my name, but also you can get to it at thepivotcatalyst.com. So that's pretty easy to remember, The Pivot Catalyst. Yeah, we're going to make sure that's all in the show notes. (laughs) We'll have it both. (laughs) On social, I'm Pivot Catalyst. So you're going to be able to find me. so and, yeah, just putting the pivot catalyst, they can just put that in Google and I'm sure it's all going to pop right. up. That's right. And they can get they can see from my site, they can go off and see the Align Momentum software site, they can go off and see the pivot book 
site for the books that I've written. They could go off and see 10X Peers, the leadership groups. It's just all there. Wow. Wow, that's great. Well, we 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 highly encourage everybody that's listening uh, to this show, you know, get in touch with Lori, reach out to her, reach out, connect to her, with her on LinkedIn. Go visit the website. Again, her full name or the, the Pivot Catalyst. Again, you could also Google it and, and it, I'm sure all the areas that she shows up in, including other podcasts, including this one after this one is in the books, you will uh, be able to listen to any time on demand. And we do highly encourage everybody to listen to this show again. There was a lot of great information here. And we hope people that were listening throughout the show, you took notes. Again, if you missed something, no problem. Go back and listen to the show again. That's the beauty about uh, radio shows. In this case, this is a radio show, but it's also a podcast. You can listen to it anytime. Well, Lori, I want to thank you so much for being here with us today and taking time out of your busy schedule. And, and, he, and from all of us at Sustainable Success, thank you for being here and joining us. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Well, listeners, we want to thank you each and every week here joining us the Sustainable Success way. Again, we are committed to each and every week to bringing in subject matter experts like Lori in to share their words of wisdoms, most important, their personal experience, and helping you to elevate your personal success and your business organization to the next level. If you have any input or any suggestions, feel free to reach out to us at chris at christophersalem.com. And you could also reach out to us for any reason, and we'll make sure to connect you with Lori as well. Till then, everybody, have a great rest of your uh, week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.